Hey, you know what I believe? I believe that every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible and I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast and here is where your courageous life starts. Well, this week we've got the amazing Michael Gallus, and not only is he a great buddy of mine, but he's also the managing director of Footies for All, among many other things. He's a wonderful human being, a massive heart. He's changing the world one small action at a time, and he's just a dynamo. So let's get into it and have a chat with Michael. Just dropping this in here as an edit, as mentioned in the introduction podcast, a couple of episodes were recorded prior to the coronavirus taking place and this was one of them so Michael does mention that he will be going to visit certain communities at certain dates and that type of thing obviously that's been postponed and the other thing about this interview also is that after we'd recorded uh, my track was completely distorted and couldn't be understood so I've tried to go over it again and duplicate what I was saying to Michael and it doesn't have the same energy, but I'm sure you can get the gist of the whole podcast and I'm sure it doesn't take away from Michael's amazingness. So let's have a listen. Hey there, Michael. How are you going? Yeah, busy day. Good to talk to you. And um, yeah, thanks for these many kind words. Oh, my pleasure. What else could I say about you? <laughs> uh, plenty, plenty, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm glad you stuck to all the kind words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an awesome bloke and I'm really glad to have you here. So what else can I say? <laughs> so you're involved in a heap of things and I think they're pretty spectacular. Uh, to you, you just think you're a normal guy going about everyday stuff. But in actual fact, you're doing some incredible stuff. So tell us a little bit about Michael and a bit about the journey that got you started with Footies for All. Oh, well, long. Uh, how long have we got? How long have we got, Gareth? <laughs> okay, maybe just some key points. <laughs> um, well, I've um, been very lucky enough to be a school teacher for 25 years, primary and secondary, and uh, extremely lucky to have a beautiful wife who... Uh, still loves me and puts up with me with all my craziness and uh, along with that three beautiful children of ages 20, um, 17 and 14 and basically and also been a community football, basketball and cricket coach, volunteer of juniors for uh, all that time that I've been teaching as well and um, through all those different experiences I saw how important um, sport is to to children and how much they love it and through that I thought uh, eight years ago, Footies for All uh, originated through a small donation where I was running the Aberfeldy Auskick and a friend of mine, Michael Egan, asked if I could uh, um, spend some money to um, update the equipment at the Auskick, which I did, and then he asked for a small portion of it to go to um, underprivileged kids and help them in sport. And I had a few friends that were working in remote uh, outback areas and also looked up uh, Molden Women's Prison. I knew there was kids in prison 
under the age of five and we distributed some balls to uh, both those areas and got some amazing photos back from uh, from the Northern Territory as well as really positive uh, feedback from the prison officers and the, the, uh, the women's prison up in Malden. And I thought that um, through all those things that I just mentioned before, I had so many contacts uh, throughout Australia and around the world. And um, if I could bring all those good people together and to create a foundation where we ran sporting clinics and then distributed a ball to the kids at the end of those clinics, disadvantaged kids and special needs kids and kids in prison and uh, kids in remote areas, and then uh, grew to uh, internationally as well, um, that I was able to, uh, with great team support, you can't do anything without amazing team support in relation to running a volunteer charity. Everything's volunteer. Here we are eight years later and distributed over 25,000 balls to uh, to, uh, to kids in knees, which is quite extraordinary. That's amazing. And you've got the motto, one ball at a time changes lives. And it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. And it's sort of morphed now that I've been doing it for so long That and speaking to so many people. We've got uh, programs running in Fiji, uh, Uganda, Africa, and also in Pakistan, as well as all parts of Australia, and especially in the remote uh, Aboriginal communities. And people now, when I go out to them on behalf of Footage for All, um, get a really they get a sense of hope that uh, people care about them, and people have done this amazing uh, fundraising and then uh, organising, obviously the balls to be sent thanks to TNT all around Australia, and and for me to represent the volunteer charity Footage for All to travel internationally that uh, it gives them the hope that, and all these people I visit are doing it tough, whether they don't have water, they don't have access to uh, uh, education as well as we do, if they don't have access to sporting goods, they don't have access to uh, educational opportunities. And yet someone has come up to them and said, look, uh, we know you're doing it tough on behalf of all these people. Here's a ball for your kids, but also keep going. You know, And sometimes in life, as you know, and as your listeners know, that um, that's all it takes sometimes, just a spark of hope, just a spark that someone cares about you and understands and empathises with you to enable you just to keep going. Yeah, I agree. Even last week I was having a really miserable week and, you know, feeling like I could almost quit this stuff. And uh, of course I wouldn't, but that's how I felt. So I just rang a friend and, you know, she's uh, she said a few kind words and Sometimes that's all we need to just pick us up, just have somebody on the other end to say, hey, I see you and everything's going to be okay. It certainly does. And uh, we all talk about it and we all know um, that we need people um, to care about us. But as we, as you said, when you're doing your everyday life and uh, things are happening um, and you get down, there are down days. Every single one of us has just as many down days as we do have positive days. But we have support around us or you have someone that um, drops in out of the blue and says, yep, yep, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're doing it tough, but you know what? Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Winston Churchill had that motto, didn't he? That uh, uh, when, um, when you're going through hell, keep going. And uh, he proved that and led his people um, to go through that horrific bombing that was being done by the Nazis. And yet, if he had have said, yep, yeah, okay, still, it's all too hard, we're, we're going to get absolutely annihilated, that's what exactly would have happened. But he gave them that spark of hope and they all, despite you know their whole country being blown to smithereens, they're living in basements, they're living in uh, 
um, air raid shelters. They all kept going and um, and happily and eventually the whole the world turned around and uh, through those sparks of hope, you've got that opportunity to uh, to turn your life around and and it, it, it's not going to happen straight away. That's the other thing you and I were talking about previously. It, it can take a long time, and it and it is bloody hard work. Excuse the French. It is bloody hard work to 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 um, keep going when you're going through hell, either mentally or physically or financially. But you just got to keep keep getting up every morning. Keep putting that one step out of bed. Get through the the, the minute. Get through the hour. Get through the day. Whatever you have to do to compartmentalize your life to achieve that goal to keep going. Um, and 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 in our lives, it can be a second at a time, can't it? Yeah, for sure. And that one step at a time just makes such a massive difference. And if we all just put one foot in front of the other, and even if we're having shitty days, you know, just just get that one foot in front of the other foot and just keep going, and it makes a massive difference. So you're absolutely right. Well, I want to come back to Pakistan and Fiji and Uganda in a minute, but first, I want to talk about. You know, when you're talking about hope, the hope that you've been showing uh, for the people in East Gippsland for the fires, well, not that there's only been fires in East Gippsland. We've had them all over Australia. The start of 2020 has been absolutely terrible. But you put a a post on Facebook saying, you know, can anyone give 15, 30 bucks to buy a couple of balls for some of the schools that have been completely uh, devastated by the fires? And I saw that you... uh, had given some balls to one of the local schools up in East Gippsland. So do you want to tell us about that? And I think I've got that right. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And again, through amazing support, uh, Clifton Creek Primary School in East Gippsland was uh, totally burnt out. Ten kids at the school. And you can imagine a school that small, it's a community. It's not a school. And um, um, they reached out to me through a mutual friend through Facebook and um, we're a volunteer charity. We have no budget for advertising, um, and thank God for Facebook. I um, honestly believe that there is no way over eight years we could have distributed twenty five thousand balls around Australia and across the world without the positivity of Facebook. And yes, there's plenty of negativity on it, but let's here's a here's a um, tick for um, the positivity of Facebook. And they asked for a, a pump, a simple air pump to pump up some balls, and I said. Uh, no problems. And a friend of mine donated a hundred dollars out of the blue, and um, I bought a pump from Bunnings. And thanks again to TNT, they uh, I spoke to my contact Christy Lee, and um, she knew a teacher at the the school where these kids are um, staying at the moment until their school gets rebuilt. And um, obviously, we chucked in a whole heap of balls as well. And from that, we've also been lucky enough to raise um, fifteen hundred dollars. And I've spoken to the president, Matt Whelan, of the Bucken Football and Netball Club. And in the next couple of weeks at training, we're going down to distribute 50 footies and 50 netballs to the um, um, all the kids down there at the Bucken Footy and Netball Club. And luckily for them, the, the football and netball club wasn't touched and the town wasn't touched. But sadly, um, you know, I think 25 to 30 of those families lost their houses and so many farmers lost their stock and their uh, their fences. and I spoke to him this week and sadly, as we know, with big charities, the money doesn't get to the grassroots people and the people down there have had very little of the millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars have been donated to all these big charities 
uh, sadly, don't get given out. And um, they're so excited for us to come down. And the other reason I did it too, kids get forgotten in these um, natural disasters too. And it's not through um, any negativity or uh, um, any complete, you know, directed reason, but um, all the focus just goes on the adults. And the kids are so traumatised with all these things. So for us to come down on behalf of me on, and a few um, a few friends, yourself, and uh, hopefully a few of the other Gippsland people, which is a bit closer than me, three and a half hours away, to um, drive down and just say, here's a footy, here's a netball. And, yeah, we're thinking of you as the kids, and we know you're doing it really tough without your house and all your belongings, and, and it's just a horrific um, thing to experience. I've, I've, I spent, I lived, grew up in Sunbury, and I will the last uh, house on the edge. And during the Ash Wednesday um, fires, um, we, we could have lost our house as well. And the, I, I, it wasn't anything near what happened in East Gippsland. But I remember looking up, we lived at the bottom of a hill and looked up to the hill. And within three seconds, the whole hill was alight. And we had tornadoes of fire coming straight towards our house. And, and this is the reason that um, um, you know, all of us support the CFA and the amazing firefighters and emergency responders. Because within two minutes, our house was ringed by CFA trucks from Sunbury, and um, you know they held they held the they held those flames back, and I have no doubt our house would have been gone without uh, them appearing. And they did that for hours, for days, for weeks, for months on end, uh, with little support and little acknowledgement. So footies for all can get together and go down and uh, see those families and see those kids and and let them know we're supporting them. And yes, again, you're doing it tough. Here's a is a um is a is a spark of hope for you to keep going and rebuild and the Aussies you know we're known for it through the Anzacs at Gallipoli and uh, through all the world wars how tough the Australians are and how they never give up and keep going especially in times of toughness and uh, that's something that we can do for people all through the power of a ball which is again simply extraordinary that we're able to do that and to. Uh, to go to these communities and they're so welcoming and so happy to see people and anyone that's listening, you know, get down to East Gippsland, get down there. And especially in central Victoria too, along the coast, plenty of people go because there's plenty of things to see and do, but people are really hurting in the middle of um, East Gippsland, Buchan and Swifts Creek and um, Clifton Creek primary school. And they, they, they need people to go down and to give them a pat on the back and, listen to their stories and um, tell them to uh, keep going. And in Uganda, tell us about the tournament that's uh, held in your name. Yeah, 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 well, it certainly shouldn't be. It should be in uh, Daniel Marley, a young teacher, again, contacted me through Facebook and uh, works in Kampala, Uganda, in a tiny school run. The majority of the kids there are orphans and HIV positive and uh, teachers hardly get paid, so basically a volunteer and a um, everyone involved in schools over there in that area are volunt- voluntary involved. And uh, he reached out for a soccer ball. He said, look, we have no soccer balls. Can you send us one? So this was uh, three years ago now. I sent him a soccer ball. And then um, he um, sent me a Facebook uh, message uh, by video saying that uh, that soccer ball had to be shared around eight schools in the area for one week at a time with hundreds of kids each to- at each school using those soccer balls. And I said, look, um, through some really amazing friends and support again, I'll, I'll put it out on Facebook through the Footies for All Network. We raised some money and sent over um, 
um, 30 soccer balls, which when they opened them up and they showed the video, the kids, it, it's like you've given them gold bars. The, the whole school emptied out. 200 kids ran. You know, you work in uh, in those areas of Africa, how excited and how happy and how um, supported they are to get. Now the hope just springs forth eternally when you when you deliver these things from foreign countries. And uh, um, we're able to give five or six soccer balls to each of the – He Daniel was able to distribute them across the schools. And then um, he came with the idea, well, you know, now we've got that opportunity to practice, let's let's do a tournament. And, uh, yeah, very uh, bizarrely for me, he named it in the, the Michael Gallas football and netball tournament. And um, he, he runs it every year across 16 schools in the – um, the fire and, and most excitedly and importantly, like here, um, the best kids get chosen by the best schools. The the, uh, the private schools or the better schools in that area come and watch the finals and then offer kids scholarships that they would have never left Scott um, into that chance. And we we know in these countries that education is the most important thing for these kids to uh, try and uh, release themselves or work themselves and their family out of poverty. And for and he's coming back. He just texted me to say he's coming back to Melbourne in um, in a couple of months. And uh, I've just uh, joined a new football club called Mooney Valley, and they're uh, agreed to do a um, a, um, a um, collection of footy boots from all the kids. And uh, he asked Daniel asked me for some. Can we have some boots to take over? And I said, of course. And we'll uh, we'll organise some more soccer balls and netballs, and hopefully in the near future, in the next couple of years, um, uh, I look forward to going over there and. And seeing these kids and seeing the impact, and again, it's it's thousands of people getting together and uh, supporting the idea of changing kids' lives one ball at a time and breaking down the barriers. And they know about Australia. I was very lucky through another lady, Renee Watson, who works at the Australian Flag Company, to um, to send over some uh, Australian flags that get uh, that are hung proudly across those six or eight schools involved in. Uh, in his little cluster group and and you spread the word around about how good Australia is and how how we can all link together and that's exactly what you do as well that uh, you break down those barriers and misconceptions about about countries and about people and uh, um, we create that positivity because as you know we are the only race here that we've found so far and yet um, you know, a great deal, many of us want to kill each other rather than why don't we work together to ensure that uh, the planet stays here and our future generations um, have somewhere to live and live in peace and harmony. Oh, that's a novel idea. God forbid we should actually try to work together, (laughs) eh? Who who would have thought? Oh, that's amazing. And there certainly is a lot of hope just in one ball. Look at that leading to scholarships. And that's just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, correct. Correct. And you, on top of that, you went to Pakistan. And I'd really love you to talk about that. You went last year. And kind of this one's pretty close to my heart because you sort of going against the grain there and doing some work with the girls. So tell us about that. Oh, yeah, just extraordinary. Uh, Extraordinary opportunity, again, through Footies for All. Um, 20, 2014, the AFL run an international cup with teams from all over the world. And I was asked through a mutual friend to support um, the Pakistan men's team in 2014 um, in relation to they didn't have footies, they didn't have drink bottles, they didn't have bibs uh, while they were here in Melbourne. And through that, got a good relationship with the uh, Pakistan community. The Shaheens, a, a, a man called Saeed 
Aris and also uh, Cashy Phones, who else, who works at the moment at the Bulldogs as a uh, community as a community manager, um, and stayed in touch, and and then was lucky enough and asked to coach their international women's team in 2017, three years later, and through that just met extraordinary women, extraordinary women. Can you imagine? Going to a foreign country, most of these women that I coached from the 2017 Pakistan women's team had never been out of their village, never less out of their town, never less out of their country, never less going to a foreign country on the other side of the world and playing a foreign game. When after our first game, and it's not funny, but it is funny, the girls all came up to me and they spoke Urdu as well. So I'm picking up their language. They're picking up basic English. After we played a quarter of Aussie rules against the uh, British team who were favourites for the uh, the championship, and we were ten goals down, and the girls had been, you know, absolutely smashed from pillar to post every time they went near the ball, and they came into me and through a translator wondered why everyone kept picking up the ball. They thought they were playing football, the soccer version. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Rather than the. Uh, rather than the Aussie, Aussie rules version. And um, we regularly got beaten by 100, 100 150 points and um, didn't kick a goal till our last game and uh, halfway through the last quarter. And yet they were the most courageous, the most inspiring, the most determined women that I'd ever met in my life. And again, being from a strict Muslim, Muslim culture in a lot of areas, in, a, in some areas, you know, women in sport is, um, is, uh, is welcomed. And um, but in a lot of areas, women playing sport in Pakistan, as you might imagine, is is very difficult. And again, for those women to have that amazing courage to say, "Yeah, I'm going to play Aussie rules football, and I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm going to go over to another country, and I'm going to represent my country with uh, passion and courage." And that's what got them through. They put on their Pakistan jerseys, their national team. And it was just extraordinary to see the change when they put it on, despite being, you know, when we played Fiji, their ruckman was six foot six. Our ruckman was lucky to be five foot ten. And she literally got jumped over and yet and smashed at every contest. And yet every time at the huddle, they came in beaming because they were having this opportunity to play sport, to work together with each other, to represent their country. And at the end of every game, they sang their national songs and linked arms with the other teams they were with. And the, the talk of the tournament, despite being absolutely smashed on the scoreboard, was their courage and was the amazing women from Pakistan. And through that, I said to them, I said, you've come to my country. I've got to have the courage one day to come to your country. And again, it took two years to plan. But uh, luckily, at the uh, end of last year, I was able to travel over there and uh, and obviously, travel warnings are do not go to Pakistan if you're a Westerner. And I, well, obviously, everyone's following that because I was the only Western tourist that I saw in the whole country. And we did nine nine cities in nine days from the south of Karachi up to the middle of Multan, across to the east in um, Lahore, and then up to the capital of, 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 of Islamabad. We ran AFL clinics for 20 to 50 women in each of those cities so nine cities in nine days we ran 20 hour days and they were so again so appreciative the people of Pakistan were the most um, friendliest uh, loving hospitable people that I could ever imagine I got treated like a king over there and um, their courage to again if I hadn't have gone over there they wouldn't have got that opportunity to play 
AFL and to mix with each other. And we were doing it in the major stadiums. It was like playing on the MCG um, in Pakistan. So we got great support, again, from the men over there. And, again, it's about breaking barriers and, and educating people that what can be done. And since I've come back, they've held two tournaments for women in AFL in two separate areas for six teams each. So that's 180 women in each of these areas that have got the amazing opportunity to play sport that has come through a great team effort from AFL Pakistan. The people on the ground over there now have multiplied 6, 10, 15 since I was there on that one one visit um, because of the, again, the passion and the the inspiration that you give people that you've you've shown them what you can do by getting off the bench and um and and doing something out of the box um and now I'm planning to travel over in uh, early April again for another 10 days to pick their national women's side because of everything they've been doing the AFL has welcomed the men and the women into the AFL International Cup in in Brisbane in uh, in July which is quite extraordinary as well Wow. How does that make you feel? Oh, it's, it's just extraordinary, yeah. When you really sit there and think about it, I, I, it, 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 um, it um, leads me to tears, to be honest, that um, through the game of AFL, women are getting an opportunity to, to play sport in a strict Muslim country. Everyone said I was crazy for going. I met the um, Australian ambassador, the high commissioner in Islamabad, and he he looked at me in Australia and he said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. No one, no one is here. There are, you are not here. <laughs> Did you read all the travel warnings? I said, yes, but, you know, these girls had the courage to come to my country, so I had to have the courage to come to their country. And, of course, I'm well looked after through AFL Pakistan and um, had security around me in different places, which you, you had to have being a, a, a foreign tourist. But... Um, um, without that courage and without that um, uh, inspiration from those those uh, 25 girls that travelled to Australia, um, you can't make a difference and you, you have to have courage sometimes and you have to step out of the box to make great change. And, and again, the, the domino effect now, the men in Pakistan have seen what these women can do and they're running with it. And that's what the whole point of me going there was, to show them and educate them and and that's what you do and that's what plenty of other people do. Um, it's not about us doing it. It's about inspiring and teaching other people so that domino effect will continue. And as Gandhi said, you know, one of my heroes uh, and mentors, be the change you want to see in the world. And um, um, you can be it. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. But unless you take that first step, you know, nothing else is going to change and the status quo will remain. So... Don't whinge about it. Get out there, think about it, and do something to change it. Yeah, so true. 20 seconds of courage can dramatically change your life and change the life of others. So Yeah, exactly. And you've said, like, seriously, and people still say I'm crazy, and, and, you, and you've got to be crazy sometimes to, well, to do these things because you wouldn't do them in a, any right mind. But then you look at the ripple effect that has been created through you having that courage and taking that first step and getting off the bench and, and, and being that crazy, crazy person. And it, uh, uh, and you look at, you know, you look at Abraham Lincoln, you look at Weary Dunlop, you look at Mar Mother Teresa, they all started getting off the bench. They all started with one small step and look at the great things that they did with a huge team around them and people they inspired and 
And that's what keeps me going and I'm sure keeps you going That um, and all these other people that we hear. Um, and it can happen locally too. Don't think you have to change the world internationally. Um, about seven years ago, in, I read a tiny article in our local paper on a Thursday night telling us that our local pool was going to close its outdoor. The council were going to close the outdoor 50-metre pool because it's too expensive. And um, my kids said, and I read it out to my kids, and they said, Dad, that's where we go every summer in January to the local. They can't do that, Dad. You've got to do something. So I rang the local council, and I, I knew a person there, and he said, well, this was Thursday. I rang him on Friday. He said, well, you need to get a petition together. You've got, you have to present it to council meeting on Tuesday night. Otherwise, um, otherwise the pool will be closed. We've, uh, we've already gone through step one and two. And, um, and thank God, again, through my network, I was able to get it out there very quickly. We got 700 signatures saying from the local area, we want this pool to stay open. We don't care how much it costs. We pay rates. That's your job to listen to us and do what we say. You're supposed to be representing us, not just saving money. And um, presented to council, we got to stop. And then, um, again, two years of hard lobbying and hard work and, and lies and everything else from politicians and good support from good people, we were able to um, save the local pool. And on top of that, they've just spent uh, $40 million renovating it. And East Keeler, where I live, is a low socioeconomic um, demographic. So they hadn't been putting a lot of money into that area because of that reason. Um, and we lobbied hard to say, well, we pay our rates the same as anyone else. We need this in our local community. We need this um, sporting facility. And, um, and we're able to change it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we've got a state-of-the-art $45, $50 million facility being open with an outdoor pool. And that came about just through um, me being able to harness local support and let them know, educate them and say, this is what's about to happen. Um, you know, if you want your pool to stay open, you've got to do something. You've got to join me and you've got to uh, make a difference. And, and you can in the local area. There's plenty of things happening local that, um, you know, get off the bench, take a step, have a think, um, make a change and get some people to uh, work with you. And, uh, and a friend of mine, and I know you use this motto too, you, uh, you think global and you act local and that changes the world for positivity as well. It really does. Well, you're a dynamo, Michael. No, just crazy. You know that. You've got to be crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, bloody hell, you've got to be crazy. But you know what? It, it is a lot of hard work and you make it seem so easy. I mean, I know that you work your butt off, but you do make it seem so easy. But what I really love about you is you just put so much enthusiasm and gusto into everything that you do and it's so damn admirable you know I've got so much so much time for you and the way that you go about things and you're always positive you always just put a great spin on it and it's not just me saying this you know I know a lot of people that say this yeah I pay them a lot of money that's why <laughs> that's why you're always broke <laughs> yeah. that's right that's right and it's exactly right what you said that uh um, bloody hard work is exactly right. Bloody hard work in all that. Um, you still there? Yeah, I'm just listening. I can't get a word in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can talk underwater. And I've got a good head for radio. I've got to put <laughs> yeah, that in yeah. there. So I'm glad we're doing a podcast. <laughs> um, and, and, and it does. It does. But you, you look at what Abraham Lincoln achieved. You look at what Weary Dunlop achieved. You look at what Mahatma Gandhi achieved. You look at... Um, uh, what Mother Teresa achieved, and none of that came throughout, you know, extremely bloody hard work, 
you know, 16, 20 hours, you know, I average 16 hours a day um, in relation to work, family, charity, um, and, and, I, and I love it. I love every minute of it. I love every second of being alive and engaging on that journey through life. And, uh, and you don't have to be crazy as me. You don't have to be crazy as you, as we've said. Um, but, you know, the world's not going to change in a positive way unless everyone is engaging in some sort of positivity to make the world a better place. And uh, um, I'm just so lucky. I've got an, an amazing wife, Amanda, and kids, Thomas, Lily, and Benjamin, and, and friends such as yourself who are in the same space doing, you know, amazing things to support each other. And without that support, and as you said, it's so important um, if you're having a bad day, tell someone, talk to someone, get that cuddle, get that pat on the back, or even the foot up the ass to, you know, suck it up, princess, and, you know, eat a cup of concrete and get going. Uh, we're all having bad days, you know, and um, and keep going because that's what life's all about. Uh, and it's so short, really. You look at it. We're only here for 70, 80, 90 years if we're lucky. Um, let's make the most of every second and minute of our day so that um, – we can make that positive influence to have peace and have a better world for those of um, us that are coming after us. And, and and we didn't even get a chance to talk about Fiji and the work that I'm uh, doing in Fiji, which is also um, extraordinary and amazing through a great uh, a great uh, group called Island Breeze Rugby Plus. And, and, and again, all these – and this has taken, you know, eight years of, of bloody hard work. So – um, you know, nothing happens without blood, sweat and tears. So all our listeners out there, um, you can and you will make a difference, but it's not just going to happen with a snap of your fingers. You've got to get committed. You've got to get to determined. You've got to persevere and you've just got to never give up. Yeah, and you don't have to be doing great big world-changing projects. You could just do small little things and those little things add up to big things and they really change somebody's life. You know, it's just a smile can change somebody's life. Yeah, exactly right. Like say, say hello to your, yeah, say hello to your next door neighbour. It's as simple as that. You know, how happy are you if someone in the street comes up to you or someone where you live and says hello and how are you going and you know, do you, do you need your know, lawns mode if you're in the um, if you're in the metropolitan area or um, you know, or pick up the rubbish around there, the junk mail and take it in for them or or, um, you know, or look locally, you know, what can I do to clean it? You know, the, the rubbish that keeps blowing off the freeway along the, the side of the um, the park. Well, you know, get a plastic bag in the morning, go and clean it up. Or someone's lawn is too high. Well, don't whinge about it. Get your mower out, go over there, ask them. Or don't even ask them. Just mow the nature strip and go back to your house. And then you've got nothing to whinge about. And if they come out, you know, they're going to be wrapped and you're helping them out, I'm sure. It's uh, you talk about the metro area, but you know I'm out here in the rural area, and I tell you what, I wouldn't mind a whole heap of people bringing their ride-ons out to help me mow my bloody lawns. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, no, you're you, and you're exactly right. And the um, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just out in the rural area. You can't lo- hear me I'm properly. Lo- I'm losing. I'm losing you in. Yeah, just lose. Losing you in the rural area, I think. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, and you're the um, you're the lifeblood of the country too. With uh, and that rural, you're exactly right. We uh, we support a few uh, uh, rural football clubs, and they're doing it. Farmers are doing it so tough, and uh, 
uh, one of the highest rates of suicide is out in the uh, in the rural areas. And again, as we talked about, say hello to your neighbours. You've got to make a bigger effort out in the rural areas to connect with your neighbours. And uh, um, you, when you see the people in town, really ask them, are you going okay? And if you're not, well, you know, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee or um, direct you to someone that you can talk to um, to uh, to get you through with the drought and the uh, the change of prices of everything. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. The rural people are hurting and it's a lot more difficult at times because they're isolated to uh, to get support, especially the males. You know that, that uh, I'm crazy because my my um, I've got my mother's genes that I can talk to everyone and anyone and I regularly do. Um, but a lot of males don't have that communication and that confidence and that um, uh, ability to discuss their emotions. And, uh, and, and it's very sad that... Uh, for whatever reason, they're not doing that. And it's extremely important for males to, to communicate, especially when they're having a bad day. Yeah, you're right. So what are you going to bless us with next? Oh, well, yeah, good question. Yeah, back to, um, back to Pakistan in early April for, uh, for 10 days. Um, also down to Buchan before that in a, a couple of weeks to uh, distribute footies and netballs to the, uh, the, the people of Buchan. Uh, we've also uh, raised some money through the Berwick Junior Footy Club, so we'll be looking to do another uh, um, one of the footy clubs, Omeo or Swift Creek from East Gippsland. Um, I'll be making some contacts soon to, to go and see them and distribute that. And um, Daniel from Uganda in Africa is um, arriving in Melbourne in uh, in uh, late June, so, yeah, can't wait to catch up with him and have a chat, and uh, We'll see where um, all that leads. So, yeah, plenty on. Uh, teach now at uh, Gilson College, an amazing place through of where white uh, students are in the minority, whereas my former school was a private school where white students were the majority. So it's been great to, uh, to come into a multicultural classroom with kids from Africa and India and uh, Fiji and Samoa and New Zealand and Thailand and Indonesia and basically all parts of the world. Nepal, I spoke to, I did drama today and spoke to a young girl that was from Nepal. Um, yeah, really loving that change of uh, demographic too. I was a, at an elite private school and now when I'm at a, uh, um, a um, well, I suppose you could call it a, a local uh, Christian school, um, which is a total different demographic, but the kids are so respectful and they're so determined to to achieve and do their best and really enjoying that side of my teaching. And my kids are all growing up, so plenty of L-plate driving. So that's uh, that's always a bit of fun with the son and the daughter out on the freeways and the local streets. Look out for anyone with an L-plate on, I can tell you. So, um, yeah, and just living life as uh, as best I can and um, try to be a positive influence on people and, um, yeah, really enjoy the opportunity of the uh, to be alive, I say to these kids every day. I say good morning, and they, they you know, struggle. I'm teaching years seven to twelve, so teenagers very reluctant to uh, engage in anything with a teacher. Um, they struggle to say good morning back to me, and then I just <laughs> break out with, uh, "How good is it to be alive?" And they just look at me thinking, "Who is this crazy teacher in front of us?" But you hope that uh, they get a little bit of infection and a little bit. And I tell them how good their school is and how lucky they are to. Uh, to be in education and have a roof over their heads and food and clothing. And, and again, we need to educate kids that not everyone lives in that world. And that, uh, again, it's their responsibility. We've seen the great job that Greta Thunberg's doing with the, um, 
the, the um, with climate change and raising awareness for that. So you don't have to be an old person like you and me, not that you're old, to uh, to make a change too. Kids can make as big an impact as adults, bigger, I think. Uh, well, I am old, but I agree with you entirely. And that's why I wrote the book Magnificent Kids back in 2014, because kids can do amazing stuff. And sometimes we just don't give them the space to do that. And I think, you know, we'd do a lot better if we taught kids how to think and not what to think. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, you, you know, uh, kids are extraordinary if you give them that opportunity and that confidence, really. It's the confidence. Uh, I do a lot of tutoring of, uh, of kids with maths and language from years, grade five up to year 10 at the moment and a couple of special needs kids as well. And through me delivering confidence to them, um, as long uh, along with their uh, amazing parents and uh, um, family and friends support network, th- they've been able to do the things at school that they thought they couldn't do. So, yeah, building confidence in kids is what changes their ability to be educated and to uh, to achieve. I have no doubt after 25 years of uh, teaching that that's, that's what we should all be doing and uh, as much as we can in every opportunity as well because, they're our future, and if they can believe in themselves and then uh, um, believe in a cause, well, then we will have world peace very soon. Yeah, and we can retire happily. Let them do all the work. Correct. Yes, that's right. Maybe that's when we will retire. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we might wrap it up there, Michael. But I tell you what, thank you so much for sharing your story and all the amazing things that you're doing. Just absolutely love the energy you put into everything and the enthusiasm and the gusto and the genuineness. You're just such a big-hearted bloke. And I just wish everybody had even a skerrick of the enthusiasm that you've got and, you know, all the stuff you bring to the world. It's just absolutely bloody magnificent. No, thank you. And um, everyone does have that uh, spark and that enthusiasm. We've just got to ignite it. That's all. We've just got to get out there and uh, inspire people and tell our story and all all the things that you do. And this great podcast gives you that opportunity for people to hear it. And uh, it's in all of us. It's just uh, getting off the bench, taking that first step and, uh, and, um, and doing something about things you see out there that you don't like. So pleasure to be on. Pleasure to be on. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Michael. And I tell you what, if you loved what Michael was talking about, go and give him some love on Facebook, Footies for All, and the footies word for number four, all the word. And give him some love, you know, give some donations. So just a few bucks can really change somebody's life. So get in there, give Michael some love. Um, He deserves it. And it's really, really rewarding to contribute and feel that joy of contributing to something bigger than you. So, and by the way, Michael, if you're going up to Buck and you better call in for a cuppa and it's your shout. (laughs) Of course, of course. And thank you for all that you do. And hopefully Nikki will get a chance to interview you for all our listeners out there. You're a, you're just simply extraordinary, uh, more crazy than I am. So uh, you've got a great story to tell too. And thank you for uh, giving us crazy people an opportunity to tell our story as well. The, uh, as, we, as we know, the mainstream media focuses on negativity and rarely do uh, such positive uh, people get an opportunity to tell their story and to aspire others. So thank you for all that you do. And I look forward to Nikki's interview of you as well. 
Well, we're never going to get Nikki behind the microphone, so we can forget about that. But I guess I'll chip away at my story as I go through the episodes. But anyway, once again, thanks very much, Michael, for joining us. And it's been an absolute treat having you on. And we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Footies for all. It's not rocket science, just footies for all. Wow. How was that? One hell of a dynamo. So Michael Gallus, Managing Director of Footies for All, and just one hell of a good human being. And this is why I do this podcast. I just want people to see that there are so many amazing people out there doing good things, and some of them are not big things. They're just simple things, and it's really changing people's lives. And magic happens when you back yourself. So please get off the bench. You know, if there's something you want to do, just back yourself and Get going with it because you really, really can make a difference. And I tell you what, it feels so good. So anyway, I will catch you next week and have a great week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.